Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. I'm Gary McDuke. As always, I'm joined by John Sheeran. And we don't have uh, Dr. Hoji, the electric Smoji with us, unfortunately. Um, but look, John, there is so much to talk about today with the Bengals in terms of free agents. That's our topic. Which free agents do you keep? Which ones do you let go? And John, look, let's say, you know, there's only so much money. With the, like however much money the Bengals actually have, subtract $20 million per year, and that's how much money they're going to spend, right? Okay, so knowing that amount, which is what, like 20-something million, John? What is it? So let's just cover that first right now. Yeah. The Bengals right now, as of this recording, have about $37 million in cap space. If they make the predicted cuts that they're supposed to, that will get them up to about $55 million. The, the okay. projected salary cap is going to maybe go up a couple million. So you're going to see at the beginning of free agency about 55 to 60 million in cash space. But like you said, subtract about 15 million from that. Yeah. So, John, hold on. You said the expected cuts. So, do you know who they're cut? Okay. Like, do you know Atkins probably cuts? Mm-hmm. I don't think, or they can't really trade him. I don't think. I don't know. But okay. And then who else are you considering? I mean, you're not considering Giovanni Bernard among the cuts, are you? No, I think if he gets okay. cut, that would be a surprise. I think it's Bobby Hart and BJ Finney, both offensive linemen. That would save him about $9 million against the cap. And then, yeah, oh, so, so Gino, okay. Okay, so let's say around 55. They're probably, let's be honest, they're going to spend maybe 40 annually, like you said. So what do you do with that money? What's your first priority, John? Like, I mean, I'll tell you mine. It's, it's Lawson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, don't know. Yeah. No, I think that fits their first priority, too. Because they okay. have two big internal decisions to make. It's between Carl Lawson and William Jackson. I think in their mind, Lawson is more valuable in immediately and also can be more valuable in the long-term sense. Because Carl Lawson is, I think, two years, two and a half years younger than William Jackson. He ascended into a high-quality starter, which like we saw that from Jackson a couple years ago, but it's, it hasn't really gotten back on that level yet. And we kind of already know what type of player William Jackson is. I think we kind of saw the writing on the wall with him when they signed Trey Waynes to a, a mega deal for their for their standards. They see Trey Waynes as this high-quality cornerback, and they may not feel the same about William Jackson enough to pay him a similar contract. If they let go of Lawson, they have literally nothing in terms of an edge rushing presence. Like Sam Hubbard, cool, cool dude, you know, decent player. He's not half the pass rusher that Carl Lawson is. So they have basically nothing if they let Lawson go, which is why I think they're going to try 
and work out a long-term deal. But as everyone knows, this is the beginning of the franchise tag window and they have until March 9th to potentially apply the franchise tag. And if they do that, that eats up 17.5 million in cap space. So getting a long-term extension for Lawson should be their priority because not only would it be the right decision, it would also save them a, a, a decent chunk of money, at least in 2021. You know, John, let me, okay, so I know that you kind of wrote up what the potential loss and deal would look like, and we're going to take a look at that in a second, but I just, look, uh, we saw a sports track, right, saying that he'll get like 8 million a year or something like that, which, which, uh, here's the thing, I think Lawson is a victim of uh, traditional stats, mm-hmm. right, Five and a half sacks. Oh, five and a half sacks gets you eight million a year. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. It's like, you know what it is, John? It's like, it's like the ratings for the show. A lot of people, they know they're using the same metrics for us that they traditionally used to use instead of measuring the cultural impact of the show, right? Like the show, I mean, maybe you get like 500 views. But if you look at what we're doing for football and for America, I mean, and freedom, and it was just, it's just way beyond what our numbers show. But no, but seriously, John, look, look at Lawson and the pressure he created basically all alone. You and I know that he's, he's going to get way more than $8 million. I don't know what track was thinking. But are the Bengals going to use that as a negotiating tactic, you know, because they have like their team of lawyers who are going to come there and just argue until you just like, look, I'll just play for free. Just leave me alone, right? What do you think? What, what do you think? Let's, let's see what, let's see. Uh, let's, here, let's put this up here. So this is what you think the deal is going to look like, right? Mm-hmm. Four years, $54 million for Carl Lawson. And this idea of the two-year cash flow is so important in today's NFL contracts, as you talk about, right? Those first two years where most of the guaranteed money is. Explain to us why why this this kind of deal makes sense for the Bengals. So let's just look at how the Bengals typically extend or sign their stars, right? Like going to be a weird first example here, but think about Bobby Hart. No one expected Bobby Hart to get $18 million in total value back in 2018. I think the, the Bengals overvalued what Bobby Hart was in order to ensure that they get him back because they just saw something in him. So like in regards to what the rest of the NFL may think of Lawson and what the Bengals may think of Lawson, they have no issue slightly overpaying what projected value would be for their own players in order to ensure that they come back and they inflate that total value in order to give them less guaranteed money at signing. Like the Bengals do not and really the NFL in general, they don't really give out a ton of money in terms of a signing bonus, but the Bengals never guarantee base salary. And the ways that they can overcome this is that they will offer roster bonuses early in the year. Roster bonuses, like you see with Lawson, a $3 million roster bonus in 2021 and a $4 million roster bonus in 2022. Those are practical guarantees because unless the Bengals cut Lawson like before the 2022 league year begins, like he's going to get that money and he's going to get the money up front with the roster bonus. So the roster bonuses are essentially guarantees and all but name only. So that helps them avoid giving out guaranteed base salary, which is what you see around the league. It's why you see total guaranteed money's numbers a little bit larger than what the guaranteed money at signing is. And the cash flow, you're right. Like if Carl Lawson gets tagged, he gets 17 million for one year and then he goes back on the free agency market. If he signs this extension now, he gets 17 million in cash in year one and then an extra 10 million the next year. So Lawson has to be thinking to himself, do I want to take 17 million right now and then potentially get a lot more cash at the start of next year in the form of another contract? Or do I take my chances and just take the 27 million for the first two years with the chance of earning 27 million more? So it's 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 a risk in terms of what Lawson wants his future earnings to be, but this also gives him stability in the long term. It also gives the Bengals some flexibility, at least in the first year. This is not a typical Bengals deal because usually you'll see the year one cap hit higher relative to to 
what, what it could be relative to the to the average annual value. But because the Bengals are going to be short on cap space this year, because the cap is shrinking, this is the way that they would have to structure this deal. It's very similar to what we saw from DJ Reader last year. Okay, but John, also I have two questions for you. The first is, does Larson want to be in Cincinnati? Because we had that whole story about, you know, I don't know. You know, one of these kind of dime a dozen journalists came out with this story saying that, oh, right, was, this, was it you? Yeah. Was it, are, are you it doesn't really matter who it was. It doesn't matter who it was, John. But it, it, was, it was out there, right? That maybe he was being told not to use all his pass brush moves. And, you know, I don't know if that story being out there or just the idea being out there is going to hurt the negotiations. That's That's one thing. John, the other thing is when you talk about taking the franchise tag, Lawson tweeted something kind of related to that. And I guess my question for you is, does Lawson, someone like Lawson, because he has a bit of injury history. Remember, the reason he dropped to the Bengals was his injury history. Mm-hmm. Does that scare him? Or is he like, like you said, I mean, it's not, you know, $17 million, $27 million, you know, he could cash in, you know, one year thing, and he, he, he could get significantly more if he has, a, you know, a, a really a year where all the NFL teams, even the traditional stats reflect how good he is. Let's say the team's improved. He could jump, you know, $5 million annually next year, right? So I wonder if that is going through his head. The, I mean, the like that's that, that's the risk that that you take right lawson is going to turn 26 this summer so you think if he gets tagged he'll enter next free agency 26 27 years old and that's still on the young side from an nfl's perspective nfl team's perspective where they can offer him a long-term deal but that's assuming that you're right like if his sack numbers increase and his notoriety increases and his projected value and just overall value increases like lawson could be sitting here and his agent is telling him you're not going to find a deal that gives that nets you an annual value of 13 and a half million on the open market like cincinnati is the only one that's offering offering you this but they're not offering you a lot of money up front like that's just how the, this deal would have to be structured in order to comply with the cap this year in order to get a, a, other players um, signed in this free agency period so that's the risk that lawson has to take he, he can take an inflated deal in terms of the total value and risk you know sacrificing you know, a handful of millions, at least in the first two years, or he can say, you know, tag me and I'll explode like Shaq Barrett did and, and even net out an even bigger contract. So that's the yeah. risk that he takes and we'll see what he ends up doing, what the Bengals end up doing. John, you're talking about risks. You're talking about making money. John, I have entered into a contract, very risky on their behalf, on the, on the behalf of the sponsors, but very lucrative on our behalf. We've entered into a contract, a sponsorship with eBay, John. And I just want to take, yeah, I just want to take a second to talk about eBay because look, whether they have the rare dead stock or they have the latest release, you can find the exact shoe you're looking for. Look, the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eating. Sorry, the, the pair you've been eyeing. You've been looking at. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, I thought, okay. But yeah, you cop them. You know, you you yeah, you like beat them for something. I don't know what it means to cop, but something. You you like handcuff or something, right? You, okay. you just acquire it, acquire it, cop. Oh, okay. That, okay, good, good. John, as the yeah, with eBay's authenticity guarantee. So so no, yeah, you don't worry about the, the knockoffs, all that stuff. Your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional uh, authenticators. Authenticators, yeah. 
A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box logo is stitching and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker is very verify the box logo is stitching and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receive authenticity guarantee tag that include digital stamp of authenticity and protect sellers with verified return process. Look, no seller fees on the sneakers over $100 and it is free, John, to sell or flip your collection. John, I mean, this is a serious question and, and, and no one answered it for me, but because I don't know, like you flip your collection, so your shoes, you flip them like you, like, I didn't know they charge for like juggling shoes or I mean, that doesn't no, make no, any sense. That's not the flip that they're talking about. Okay. No. Okay. Different type of flip. A different type of flip, but whatever it is, it's free, John. You can just yeah. flip whatever you can flip your shoes off or whatever right mm -hmm. and then it's free yeah hundred dollars uh, no selling fees on shoes so look go to ebay.com slash sneakers today ebay the world's best destination for, for discovering great value and unique selection Whew. okay let's get back to the show john look you're pretty good we at talked about Larson. yeah john, we talked about carl Larson. i want to talk about wj3 uh, better known as william jackson the third I'll be honest with you. I'm torn on re-signing him. I, 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 I think, if I, I'm, you know, it was like when we gave Mixon the deal, right? Or we gave Trey Baines the deal. I'm all for the Bengals of spending money, okay? But when they spend money one place, that means they're not going to spend it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And if they're going to be giving money out to, and I, I, think, I think William is an above average corner. And I want to get your take. I think he's above average corner. But I want to say one thing, one observation that I had, John. His great year was his second year or third year? I don't remember. We had that breakout year. This is his first year. No, no, no. It wasn't. He was injured. He had the pec. Well, it was his first year that he played. Yeah, so the so second, second year. Yeah. In the league. Yeah. yeah, right. He's like, But he was like already 25. That was one thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing, John, was that if you look at those highlights, like we all like said, oh, he had like the best PFF grade, blah, blah, blah. You know, he shut down Antonio Brown in his prime, all that stuff, right? But if you look at the clips, John, he's always playing catch up. He's always using his, he, and he has great, you know, catch up his speed and he has those arms that he pokes the ball away, but he was never like a guy who blanketed the receivers. Do you agree with that assessment? I agree with that. I think yeah, in general, yeah. I, I think in general with William, like you said, he's on the older side and we've already seen decent play out of him. So you don't pay like for future years for past production. You would pay William Jackson a lot of money for the for the next few years if you assume he's going to continue playing at that level. He might be a, a decent player for the next year or two. But at this point, I think the fair assumption is that you've seen the best of William Jackson and anything you're paying for now is just based off what he did in the past. And I'm not sure that's the smartest thing to do. Yeah, I mean, look, we already we already gave Trey Waynes that that money. Imagine having Trey Waynes and William Jackson getting like thirty million dollars a year and being average. It's just it's just not the best, you know, especially with a team that is down there, bottom two or three offensive line. And like PFF has been coming out and saying, the Bengals are going to have to, and you know, Joe said it on our show, Joe Goodberry said it on our show last week, but I mean, and you've been saying everybody, but really they're going to have to spend probably two big time acquisitions on the offensive line. I don't think they're going to do it, but that's the way to get there fast. So, so I'm, I'll be, I'll be honest. I would not be that upset if they let William Jackson. Obviously I like to keep him, but if we can get those big offensive line signings too, I hope it doesn't prohibit that.
Here, yeah, here, so- wait, just, just real quick, though, just real quick. I think they can still work it out, but they would have to cut players that they might not feel comfortable cutting. Like Gio, for example, they would save right. a, few, a few million with that. CJ Uzoma, they would save a few million with that. If they were to move on from those veterans and use that to keep William Jackson, you could still address the offensive line. But based on what we think they're going to do, it might not be yeah. the best decision. Right. But look, he had a, a 71 grade overall from PFF, 72 in coverage, which was which was third to the team. To Jesse Bates, the great Jesse Bates, who had the amazing 90 overall grade. But John, somehow Khalid Karim had the 81 grade in coverage. I don't know, maybe he just had a few snaps. But that's kind of cool. Okay, look, look, let's move on. So let's say we let the William go. We have a couple of backup corners. Are either of them going to be sticking around or should they be? LeSean Sims, Tony Brown, both of them had 40, you know, coverage grades in the 40s. Yeah. Not that great. I don't think I don't think Sims is coming back. I think Tony Brown is a restricted free agent, so it would cost like a few million to bring him back. But they can decline that tender and just bring him back for vet minimum, which makes some sense because he's not a starter. But they still need bodies there, and we need Brandon Wilson back. We're talking about the second, but I mean he's a he's a special teams guy. But we got to get that guy back. I mean he he's a Pro Bowl caliber special teamer. Yeah, and I think yeah. here, here here's something that you might enjoy. Brandon Wilson has played the last four years on the Bengals. He's been on the Bengals 53-man roster for the last four years, which means he qualifies for a veteran salary benefit, meaning that the Bengals can pay him like a couple million, but his cap number will be can be less than a million, which means that they would be saving money on the cap by bringing him back. So it's yeah, a decent option there. That. Yeah, that's great. They should do that. They should do that. Look, John, okay. Here's the thing. Biggest name of all the free agents. Look, it's just funny. We haven't even thought about him until now. AJ Green is a free agent. Mm-hmm. But you know why I haven't thought about him? Because he's, gone. he's 100% gone. I'll tell you why, yeah. John. If the Packers or the Seahawks come out and offer AJ Green $5 million a year, and the Bengals offer him $7 million a year, AJ Green is still gone. Even yeah, if the Bengals, agree. for the first time in their history, offer someone more money than another team, AJ Green will be gone. It's just clear from his body language, from what he said. Honestly, John, I don't think he's as done as people think. I don't think he's as slow as he looks. I think it's just a symptom. It's, the, it's what they call in, in psychology the Carlos Dunlap syndrome, mm. okay, where yeah. you're just so sick of playing with Cincinnati Bengals that you, you don't feel like you don't love the game anymore. I would, I didn't, it's not called the Carson Palmer syndrome because Carson Palmer is a, you know, so that's different. That's, that syndrome has to do with being cowardly, and throwing a bunch of interceptions and near interceptions and then blaming your, your teammates and all that kind of stuff. That's different. But it's the Carlos Dunlap syndrome. And I think he wants to win. And I, I don't know if it's going to happen. He got a chance to play with a great quarterback. It, it still wasn't working out because of the nature of the coaching. So he wants to go to a competent coaching staff, go play for a real team, real contender, even if it's probably, I'm going to say, even if it's a little less money. That's what I say. So I think it's 100%. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he he can accept a minor role for another team, but to ask him to be like a third receiver on the Bengals, it's not it's not possible. Now, John, John, there's two guys that you say you think will be back that I don't really see the reason why. So you can tell me if it's for veteran presence, or you just think you know, the, the, you know, maybe the Bengals think they they contribute and we don't see you know Mike Daniels and Josh Bynes, two veterans, very respectable veterans. They were very good in their you know a few years ago. But I personally would be like, okay, look, the linebackers are developing. You know, Marcus Bailey, not mm-hmm. only was he on, on our show, which is very impressive, but he had a coverage grade of like 80, you know? So it's like we have these linebackers who can cover now. And I know Josh is the, the run pass rushing, you know, all that kind of, he's not the, the coverage guy so much. But, you know, it seems like it's time to, you know, move on from, from the older veteran linebackers. But you see them coming back, Josh Bynes and Mike Daniels. 
Daniels because when they cut Gino, they're going to have literally no bodies at three technique. They just need some somebody there that they can count on before the draft. I think Daniels is still in pretty good shape for being 32 years old. I think they liked what he did last year. And yeah, they can bring him back on like a cheap deal. Bynes, I agree. Like they don't really need him because they have young linebackers. There's just been talk that like they really just like him as a person. So they're just going to hand him like a million just to stick around for another year because, you know, guys like Wilson and Akeem Davis, they're like, they're, they're still young. They could still use like, you know, some more experience in that room to help them grow. But yeah, like there's nothing wrong with keeping Bynes like a, like a million dollar deal for another year, which could happen. Yeah. I'm, I could see them keeping Daniels. And then, like you said, I, I, I don't see why you can't draft his replacement in the draft. And, you know, um, there was, uh, you know, a lot of guys uh, that were injured. I, I, the, the name is escaping me right now. The defense, big defensive tackle who was injured and was on Renel the show. Ren. Yes. Renal Ren. Uh, I hope he's not listening. Uh, but yeah, but, you know, that we, no, but you can invest in the younger players. I think you're right. Maybe you keep him around, but on a minimum deal. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mackenzie Alexander, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the, the replacement for a previous uh, slot corner. Dark was hard. Yes. And, uh, and and the thing is, I know he wasn't great, but is he is he what they you know is he enough for for being a slot corner? You know, do they keep him just to just so they have someone at that position? I would not mind if they keep Alexander because I think he's a solid player. There's apparently just rumors that you know him and the coaching staff don't really see eye to eye, which is why they might just look elsewhere. And also, like the slot cornerback position, we saw, we all saw the value of it when Leon Hall was playing at his best. He was the best player at that position, but the value of that position never really saw an increase monetarily. Like you can always get solid slot cornerbacks for cheap, which is why like even if they let Alexander go, they're going to have other options to replace him for about the same money and maybe get a better player out of it. Or they could just draft a guy and easily fill that role. Or Darius Phillips, who is a, who's a solid cornerback, regardless where you play, he can develop into that role. So Alexander would be fine to bring back, but it doesn't seem like they're going to do that. And they're not going to be that troubled if they don't. Yeah, you mentioned Darius Phillips. He, he was really good, John. He was really good. Mm-hmm. He, he, yeah, if you can sustain that, I mean, that's another reason I'm okay with letting William go. Of course, only to get other players. Okay, John, here's a guy that you don't have us bringing back, and I say we bring back, and that is Samaje Perrin. He had, John, look, we had Joe Burr on our team. We had, you know, Tyler Boyd on our team. We had all these great players on our team. He had the highest PFF grades on offense. Did you know that? I did not. He, he had the 81.5 grade running the ball. And honestly, John, I would have said it looked like that or higher. When he ran the ball, we looked like the Pittsburgh Steelers or something. We looked like a team that, no, I'm serious. It looked like we, we looked like a team that knew how to scheme the run game. It, it made the coaches look good. He averaged 4.8 yards a carry, but, but it was like, do you know what I mean, John? Where it's like, you always think the running game is going somewhere. We don't have those ones where they're caught in the backfield, like the, the, the plays to Geo and, and, you know, when we had Jeremy Hill and the, you know, even sometimes with Mixon, it, it looked like the running game was always moving forward with him. I don't know if it was the blocking. I don't know if it was the scheming. I don't know. But he looked like a serious running back and the guy that you want as a backup. And so I'm saying resign him. Of course, that is supposing that they they let Gio go because they're not going to pay three running backs. That's the entire point. If Gio is not going anywhere, I don't know how it financially makes sense to bring back Samaji Pirine. And also, like, Pirine got onto this team in 2019. He stuck around through 2020. But now there's a new running backs coach. There's an offensive line coach and the new offensive line coach to the new run game coordinator. There's just different. There's just a different coaching staff that's overviewing who Pirine is. 
the fact that they already have a ton of money invested in Mixon and also Bernard for another year. It just it makes sense why they would look for a cheaper replacement or just go with what they have. Like, and you're completely right. Like at times, Pirine looked like the best Bengals running back, but that's the nature of the position. Like you can find a Samaje Pirine on the market and he can make your running game look good. Like it's all it's you don't need don't to invest know. a lot of money in these I, guys. I'm saying, John, this happens sometimes. Uh, I, my memory is failing me, but uh, there was a number of players. There was that Ravens guy who went to the Chiefs and then he looked like, you know, I mean, sometimes you see these guys who bounce around and then they find a team and they're just stars. I don't think you can find a player. John, do you know what Samaje means? According to not. a quick Google. It means honey. That's one interpretation or a good person. Hmm. John, this guy, yeah, this guy, I mean, he's just got it all. I mean, he's a very lovable, charismatic. I don't think you can replace Honey that easily. You know, I don't think you, I don't think you can just find him anywhere. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you on that one, John. No, I no, think, I, that's fine. And they can trade Joe Mixon for a draft pick and then just sign Samaj Pierre. And I agree. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think teams would take. I was trying to think about that, actually. What teams would take Joe Mixon? I was trying to think about that. And I don't I don't know what team it would be worth the investment. Like, I, It has to be a team with a ton of cap space and a great offensive line where they're like, hey, we have a bad offense, but we have offensive line. Let's get someone to change the culture, help our young quarterback. I don't. I can't think of team, I don't know, like the Jets or the, the Jaguars or whatever. I don't, I don't think any of them have that kind of offensive line where Joe Mixon is going to come in and make that big of an impact. But I don't know. Yeah. They have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. They have a lot of money. Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe you can move them. Maybe look, we all love Mixon, but it's about it's about you have to be cutthroats in business in a lot of things. And that's just the, the nature of the world, John. I mean, look, it's very cold over there in Cincinnati. And if if I were you now in Cincinnati, I would, you know, go somewhere else, like Florida for a little bit. You know, take, you know, kind of warm yourself up, you know? You gotta mm-hmm. look out for number one, John. You can't That's just true. stick around when times get tough just because everybody else is doing it. And so the Bengals, yeah, the Bengals have to think like that. Okay, look, we're out of time. I, I want to thank John Sheeran. I'm sorry that Hoji couldn't be here. He had the knitting competition, the Supreme Knit Masters 2021. I don't know what it is. And that is all we have. Please leave a five-star review and subscribe. We'll see you next time. So long, this Guys. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.